Hello, and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through the second part of John 6, 32 through 40. So let's just get right into it. Verse 32 says, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So we talked about manna last time and the context of what he was referring to. The manna God gave was temporary and it perished and was only a restricted shadow of what God offered them in the true bread, Jesus Christ who gives spiritual and eternal life to mankind. Verse 33 says, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So the implication that he is the one who sustains not physical food and leading up to the point of I am the bread of life. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. So the reason why they specifically say always again points out the fact that they thought this was a physical provision for their physical sustaining. It also shows that they are blind to what he has been saying. So Jesus answers them with a shocking statement in the next verse saying, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Because they were so blind, he just spoke plainly. And Ligonier Ministries beautifully explains what Jesus' statement about himself being the bread of life means the symbolism it actually has in the Lord's Supper, which connects to this statement. It says, they say Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life who fully satisfies our hunger and thirst. He does this through our faith in him, for he says that we gain eternal life only as we look on him and believe in him. The Lord's Supper truly nourishes us, but it does not do so through providing a different kind of grace that is available through Christ's other appointed means. We do not gain benefits from the supper because we are chewing human flesh and drinking human blood, which by the way, many people back in the day when Christians were very persecuted, they thought Christians were cannibals and so they persecuted them, which is not true. For that is not what is literally happening. Instead, we benefit from supper because we trust in the Savior. We receive grace and strength to help us persevere as we believe that Jesus endured the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood for us. Our souls are sustained unto eternal life as we affirm that Jesus will never cast out if we come to him in faith and repentance, which is what he says the will of God is. So genuine salvation cannot be lost because because it is a salvation from God, true salvation, true faith, and true repentance. And we see that from perseverance and from the fruits as we have talked about before. Verse 36 says, But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. This again is where we see that even perseverance is God-given. In Pastor Paul Washer's shocking youth message, which I recommend all of you to hear, he said that, by the way, I'm paraphrasing here, that not only is the gate narrow, referring to Matthew 7, but so is the path 
path. The path is narrow and it's very rough and it is in that the genuine Christian might swerve because of his own sin to get off of it, but God will not let him. In his grace, he bought him and them at a very high price and he will not let go to the destructive path. That shocked me so much, you guys. I then understood that God will sanctify us more and more as we walk so that when we enter the narrow gate and the feast with the master, it was all because of him. It was delighting in him and knowing him. And after understanding this, this verse becomes so great and so clear because Christ will not die in vain. He did not let his own perish. His work on the cross was decisive. The wisdom and the power of God, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon once said here regarding this verse. Almighty grace will sweetly constrain them all to come. And this is Spurgeon speaking. My father recently gave me some letters when I began to preach. They're almost boyish epistles, but in reading through them again, I notice one of the expressions. This is so beautiful. How I long to see thousands of men saved, but my great comfort is that some will be saved, must be saved, shall be saved, for it is written, quote, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. We can clearly see the sovereignty of God's will saving his own. This means that the security of our salvation alone rests in this very sovereignty of God. We are chosen by him and he will draw those who are his to himself. This is what verse 38 and 39 say, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should not lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. We again see the importance of faith here and the harmony it has with God's sovereignty. For God works through faith, which itself is a gift from him. So what I just want to finish off with the, is the rest of the lyrics, which last week we started, which is all I have is Christ, the hymn. I love this hymn. It's probably one of my favorites. It says, now Lord, I would be yours alone and I live so all might see the strength to follow your commands could never come from me. Oh, Father, use my ransom life in a way you choose and let my song be forever. My only boast is you. And so I just pray for you that your desire for God might grow, that your faith in him might become stronger by his grace as well as your repentance. What I love about getting to do this is that I get to be in the word of God and then share it with you what God is teaching me. I tell my mom constantly that I know God has put me in this position to preach the gospel straight from the word of God as well as really to sanctify me so much and to mortify my lingering sin and lead me into a deeper relationship with him as he graciously conforms me into the image of his son day by day, hour by hour minute by minute. I get incredibly convicted. You have no idea. Writing these and I know that that is the grace of God calling me into deeper repentance and into deeper trust in Christ. That he alone is Lord and that he has saved me. And that is my prayer for you 
that you might go deeper into the word of God, deeper in prayer, deeper in surrender, that you might understand that Jesus is not only your savior, he is also your Lord. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram at Deep Bible Studies and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.